0: The following podcast is sponsored by Luminary Leaders, Sadat & Associates, and Connected Women of Influence. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to this premium episode of Speaker Central. I'm your host, Shelley Harrison. On this episode, we talk about assets are sexy with the legendary Sharon Lecter. Welcome to this episode of Speaker Central, powered by Luminary Leaders, a speaker management and consulting company specializing in representing and supporting professional speakers, thought leaders, authors, military speakers, and experts across the country. I'm your host, Shelly Harrison. Each week, I open the conversation with my guests to unravel their perspective, solutions, and get into their mindset of business. We break down their expertise to give our audience actionable steps and content to apply in their own businesses. Catch all of our episodes on your favorite podcast app. We're also on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, Facebook. We're now on iHeartRadio too. So just want to make sure that you subscribe and and follow us. And today we have an amazing guest uh, that I've been following for about I would say the last five years, and, and watched many of her videos, her uh, podcast show, and, and so many other things that she's been doing in her career. Um, my guest today is Sharon Lecter. And our, our topic today that we're going to be kind of covering is um, assets are sexy. And Sharon, I would love to uh, just welcome you to the show to Speaker Central.
1: Thank you, Shelley. I'm delighted to be with you. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Oh, well, thank you, Sharon. And I know you've got a very busy schedule, so we're lucky to have you on the show today. Um, I'd love to share with our audience um, a little bit about you if they don't already know who you are.
1: Well, thank you, Shelly. I'll try and give you the Cliff Notes version because I've obviously <laughs> been around a long time. So I grew up in a very lower middle-class home, I um, lived in an old house between my mother's beauty shop. My dad's used car lot. We owned rental properties and we had orange groves where we had um, cash flow from selling oranges every year. So I grew mm-hmm. up in this home that I thought everybody understood the power of assets, right? Income producing assets. But yet I hated it because I saw all my other friends or parents were CEOs or military officers and I go you know, I want to get the career, the gold watch, retirement, the whole thing. So I was the first generation to go to college, got my degree in accounting, went off to the city of Atlanta, was one of the very first women in public accounting and um, loved it, loved it. But I was very, it was very busy. I was working really long hours and I said, this is crazy. If I want to work this many hours, I should be working for myself. Right. (laughs) And so I um. I had a client come to me and said, Sharon, we'd love for you to come with us. We're going to buy this company. And so I remember going back to my condo saying pros and cons. And I could argue both sides. Well, I made the decision to leave because my mantra, why not was started then. And it's still my mantra today. Why not, why not? do something different? <laughs> why not take the, le- the road less traveled? Why not? create new opportunities, right? So I yes. made that decision, happened to be the worst business decision of my life, by the way. But as Napoleon Hill says, out of every adversity comes a seed of an or greater benefit.
0: Mm, yes. I, if
1: I had not made that bad decision, I wouldn't have met my collector. And we just celebrated 40 years of marriage. So oh,
0: congratulations. That Thank is you. amazing. 40 years. Wow.
1: So when you make a mistake, sometimes you don't get that instant feedback of what the positive piece is. But in this case, my worst business decision became my best life decision. So fast forward a few years, I started a woman's magazine, sold that. And then my kids didn't like to read. I started talking children's book industry, helped grow that around the world. And then a few more years later, our oldest son went off to college and got into a credit card debt. We didn't even know he had a credit card. <laughs> and so that was December of 1992, and that's really when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy. Yeah. And a few years later, I met Robert through my husband, and so Robert Kiyosaki and I became partners. For Ten years, we were at rich dad, poor dad, and fourteen right. other books in the company. I was CEO of the company. 2007, I made the decision to leave the company. And sometimes you have to close one door for other doors to open. For another
0: door to open, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And
1: that's exactly what happened. I got the call from President Bush. I was able to advise two presidents, President Bush and Obama, on the topic of financial literacy. That is phenomenal. I wouldn't have had that opportunity, had I stayed at Rich Dad. And then 2008, 2009, financial crisis, I was asked by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to help reinvigorate his teachings. And I've had four books with the foundation, My Company, Pay Your Family First. I've had, it's just an incredible opportunity um, to to be highlighted in things like the Thinking Rich Legacy movie and this earlier in 2020, I was highlighted in the World's Greatest Motivators television show. Uh, yes. I just, it's just so humbling and such a huge opportunity to continue carrying the message of helping people take control of their financial lives.
0: Yes. And then come to my
1: most recent book, which I'm excited we'll be talking about today is Exit Rich, which is right. picked up by Inc. Magazine.
0: Congratulations. My, yes. Wow. I'm very, very
1: excited <laughs> about is am- it.
0: Yes. Yeah. And we Steve, just saw a book co- the book, you actually have it there.
1: Yes. And Steve Forbes wrote, um, so many business owners end up leaving equity on the table. This book will be a gold mine for these entrepreneurs. And my co-author, Michelle Seller Tucker, is one of the top mergers and acquisitions people, the top female business broker in the country. And then with my 40 years plus experience, a combined um, experience we bring to the table from a tactics perspective, from Michelle's perspective, and me from a strategy as an investor, as Mm -hmm. a mentor, and having built my own businesses, we had so much fun writing this book, and it is truly a goldmine.
0: Yeah. You know, you and I have I I was in the banking banking not baking banking industry for gosh almost 27 years and I made the decision um after you know being in the in the banking industry for so many years that I had to do something different. And and I did and and that was something where you know I really look at you and I I think my goodness you know that the success that you've had all of the opportunities that you said yes to, you know, and I'm sure there were probably some that you said no to. Um, what do you feel is the driving force that kept the momentum for you, Sharon? I mean, all those wonderful things that you've accomplished, you know, throughout the years. And then, you know, of course, during, you know, 2008, 2009, I mean, there, there were a lot of things that were happening then, but what is that driving force with you?
1: Well, I'll take you back to when I was a kid, Shelley, because mm-hmm. okay. my father yeah. my father would ask me each night, Sharon, have you added value to someone's life today? And Aww. he's been gone for 15 years, but I still ask myself that. In fact, this week would be 15 years I lost him.
0: Oh and gosh, I, same you know, with my mom. I lost her 15 years ago on yeah. January 5th.
1: And I, you know, I ask myself that all the time, still every night, have I added value to someone's life today? Mm-hmm. And being an entrepreneur you know, you you're always want to be in creation mode. And mm-hmm. so, and when I mentor people, I say, you keep that excitement and creativity by always looking at something new and different and make sure you bring in the team that can manage the day-to-day so that you are right. still in your position of power, your position of highest potential. And so I, yeah, I do. I do a lot of, a lot of um, new things because it gives me energy. And I get excited because I see opportunities to meet a lot more people, make new associations. The power of association is something I teach in every every interview, every talk I do, because yeah. true success in business is through the power of association.
0: And and it really is. And you know, within our communities that we built, I think the one thing that I've been fascinated with about you is I see you, you know, supporting and working with other speakers and collaboration with them. And, you know, for up and coming speakers, Sharon, you know, you've been speaking for years, you've had some wonderful opportunities, even with the U.S. presidents, you know, that that is something, I mean, not many people can say that, um, you know, but just the, the collaboration that you have with other speakers, how would you maybe give some advice to an up up and coming speaker, because this is speaker central. um, And we, you know, interview a lot of different speakers across the world that are, you know, top speakers and people that are just getting started or they're entrepreneurs. Um, But what would you say would be a good way to get started to number one, build their influence, and then number two, to collaborate with other speakers?
1: Right. Well, I think take every opportunity to speak and Mm-hmm. always ask if there's someone there that is a, a higher level speaker and you have the opportunity to ask for feedback, but invest in yourself. You know, a lot of people, I, yeah, I yeah. use the, shall I use it, um, the the graphic of a three-legged stool? You know, a lot of people mm-hmm. have a product or a service, right? They're a mess. Mm-hmm. And then they have their ability to speak in front of the group. But in order to create success in your life, you have to have a platform. And that platform is the business around what you speak about. Mm -hmm. And so my first word of advice with a speaker is what is your business around what you want to speak about? Is there a back end to what you're doing? Is the speaking an opportunity for you to bring people into a funnel, into a a customer journey? What is the business so that you have the viability of speaking? Because if you're just a paid speaker, it's one and done, one and done, one and done. Let's get you into a system where you can create a business that builds valuation in what you do, because that's going to propel you higher even more quickly. And accept positions in nonprofits or where you can have that viability, you can have that um, the title, which we have br- br- leads yeah. to your credibility. But you know, you also, when you're in a nonprofit and you are a director, you're doing something in a nonprofit, you have the opportunity to meet a lot of the big donors That's who right. have huge networks and have yeah. corporations who need speakers. But you have to earn the right. Ooh. Now, the inverse of that is today there are a lot of organizations that have speaking large speaking platforms where they are geared to help young and coming speakers mm-hmm. and many of them are pay to play so you have to pay yeah. to speak yeah. but sometimes you know that's something that may need you may need to do but start with local associations um, chambers of commerce rotary clubs go everywhere you can to offer value to the group and to get that mm. experience so that when you do get to the point where you can get paid to speak you have an impressive resume of multiple types of clients don't have 18 topics that you speak on become an simple <laughs> expert in your field yeah but this is something that happened to me Shelly and my you know as Did I get older I'm mm. an expert in Separate too many things. You know, I can yeah. speak to women, which I love to speak to women. I can speak to an entrepreneurial group. I can talk to um, corporations to their employees about personal finance, and then I can talk to teenagers. And so I have to be very careful about making sure that my communication and wanting yeah. to speak to a group, I've done my homework, so I'm approaching them with the best topic for their audience, yeah. and that's another thing a lot of i see a lot of young speakers they they have somebody help them create their talk and they don't do their homework they don't deviate. yeah
0: as they much don't as, own it they yeah. yeah they don't own it and i think that they're not in, as invested and not as passionate because like you said you know you've got to do the work and the, i mean just the research and being really clear on your audience mm-hmm.
1: And that's, we, we go through a system, even now, I have a team, when we are asked to speak, they go through a whole checklist of questions so that I know before, we, and not the night before, not the day of, I know what the audience is and where they've been, who other speakers have been in front of them and you know what, they, what the, um, the facilitator's goal is. But then yeah. I also ask yeah. who's in the audience. Are they executives, are they employees, or is it a blend? Are they all uh, women business owners who are just getting started? Are they seasoned women business owners, or is it a blend? Mm
0: -hmm. Because it
1: helps me to fine tune my message to make sure, because within the first 30 seconds of every speech, my job is to engage every single person in the room.
0: 30 seconds, right, is what you mentioned.
1: I will always start with a question. Um, you know, as simple as how many of you have read rich dad, poor dad, All right? How many of you have not well in doing that, it's a simple question, but every physically every person in the room has engaged with me
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: that's, and throughout my talk, a lot, I know a lot of speakers who have their, they never include the audience. They just regurgitate on them. And Mm -hmm. that's me, I do a lot of speakers training and all my clients, I, I give them media training as well. Is yeah. ask the questions, get the audience engaged,
0: right? and the more you know, like you mentioned, you know you have a checklist, and and that is a great tip uh, for our audience because I think uh, a lot of speakers, you know, they're so busy and they stay, you know, focused on what they're going to be talking about in their presentation, but they don't really put a lot of time into okay, you know, let's take a look at you know having that checklist so that you can get that information up front, so when you do deliver. I mean, it's just going to be that much easier and engaging.
1: Well, I'll I'll share a story with you that could have been very embarrassing for me. Um, I had the incredible opportunity to go speak at the president's forum in Europe, right? And CEOs of companies of all over Europe. And it was an incredible opportunity. I loved it. 2,000 people, 2,500 people.
0: That's a lot.
1: Yes. A lot of people. And all the information talks about CEOs. Well, Luckily, I had like a pre-talk interview and I said, so, so based on what you've, the information I've seen, the room are all CEOs or all, you know, leaders, decision makers. And at that point I found out, no, there's probably 35% of the room are entrepreneurs just getting started. And it's like, okay, that changed my whole talk. (laughs) Yeah. because you know, that it's would. One thing. I can be zeroed in. If i got a room full of CEOs, it's a whole different talk because they're Big responsible difference. for a lot of lives. And I can go into the level of, um, you know, the importance of financial education support and training for your employees. That's a, that's a very mm-hmm. important topic, but not a path the room or entrepreneurs just getting started. And so it was very important for me to have that face-to-face conversation about making sure I understood how I can best prepare, be prepared to move the people in the room.
0: Yeah. So how did it go then when you were up on stage and you delivered that presentation? I mean, what was the feeling in your, you know, that you had?
1: Well, it was wonderful. It was absolutely mm. wonderful because I did speak to the CEOs. I also spoke to the entrepreneurs. Yeah. So everybody was engaged, and you know, some of those entrepreneurs are going to be CEOs, and they've got people that are working they with them. They
0: aspire, now, right? yeah, they so, aspire uh, you know, to be CEOs.
1: But there's it's a different mm. mindset. Okay, you mm-hmm. can be a CEO and never have been an entrepreneur. So you you know you have That's a company true. budget, you have a company salary. So your way you think is different. Than some uh, uh, entrepreneur who's put everything in their life, all of their money, all of their sweat equity. And they've yeah. got a company that started to be successful, but it's because of their efforts and this like their whole life, different thought processes. So you mm-hmm. have to make sure when you're the choice of the words you use are appropriate for the audience that you have. And mm-hmm. I had an fantastic time. They've had me back a couple of times during this on online thing. So I think I must've been good. Um, I ended up getting on the cover of the European business magazine as a result. of that talk.
0: Isn't that amazing? You know, one thing can lead to another and, and when you get value and you have like for you, you know, you have celebrity status. So I think it's, you know, it's wonderful when you can kind of get into a situation and then have it just, you know, bring other opportunities that you really didn't, have to work. I mean, you worked for it, but you really, because of how you were perceived and how much they appreciated, you know, your presentation, that's why those opportunities came.
1: Well, it's the power of association. And I power think it's also, it's
0: yeah. also
1: valuing the person asking, you know, valuing yeah. the people that are doing it and making sure that you are truly pouring into their audience and giving value. And that's so important. And I think um, you know the opportunities. I did not go into this thing expecting to be on the cover of European Business Magazine, but you know, as a result of that, and people in the audience, and having the opportunity to speak to them, and that's the other thing as a speaker. Um, you know, I've been engaged with you know, in different. Um, Seminars where we come in the back door, we speak, and we leave the back door, right? And I just hate that because I really do like to be available and be out in the, uh, be able to speak to people after, even as a large group. And it's something that uh, means a lot to me when I can actually see people's eyes and talk to them and see the responses and the reactions they have to what I've said.
0: Yeah, and you know, and that's something I think that a lot of speakers sometimes miss out on, where the power of being able to connect with the audience is huge afterwards because that just shows, you know, your, your, you know, just how, um, genuine and humble you are when you're able to take that time and really connect with people outside of the speaking, you know, when, once all the, you know, the activity is done and, you know, whether you're back at your, you know, your, your table where you're maybe you know selling books and doing book signings i think that's the, the best time to be able to connect with people you know outside of you know really connecting with the audience
1: well the other thing that i do which very few speakers do and and, and i don't do this all the time but I, I it is something that i try to do and that is if it is a full day event or even a two day event I will try to be there for as much of the event as possible. That's because if I go early and I can hear the speakers that go before me, then I have inside knowledge of what has already been shared with the audience that I can either build on or sometimes disagree with. But I'm showing continuity on behalf of the, the the event coordinator that I'm actually I am, I I wouldn't be there if I wasn't invested in the audience. Yeah. And this happens whether I'm getting paid to speak or whether I'm doing it as a gift to an organization. Sometimes I do it in exchange for donations to charities, but each time it's, I want to, if I can be there to hear other speakers, I learn things, but yeah. I also have the opportunity to add more value in my, in, in my talk.
0: Yes. No, I love that you do that because, you know, especially when you have the schedule that you do where, you know, you're, you're just you know, doing so many different things. And I think that when you can take the time, that just shows, you know, your, the compassion that you have for other people and, you know, the fact that you want to really be, you know, someone who can give great value to, you know, to an audience. And like you said, as far as, you know, other speakers that are there, some of them, when they leave, it's, you know, one and done and, and that's it. And that's why some of them don't last very long you know, out in the in the speaking industry.
1: Well, I, I, I agree with that statement. I mean, there are times when travel or other commitments come into play and I can't be there the whole time. So, and I don't, well, that makes yeah, sense. and I yeah. don't, you know, I'm not trying to be negative to the speakers that are, some of them are getting paid to come in for an hour and they plan, they come in, they deliver and they leave. And that's, you know, that's a choice they're making.
0: Right. And that's something that's, that's uh,
1: you know, th- there's nothing wrong with that because that's what they're be getting paid to do. But I like to be able to have that connection with the audience in a bigger way.
0: Yeah, no, and and I think that, you know, that that's wonderful that you do that. Definitely. Um, I know that you've shared in the past as far as we're all CEOs of our lives. And, you know, what inspires you about this idea, Sharon?
1: Well, we have, as a human race, created this level of entitlement thinking. Mm -hmm. And it's not just with kids, it's with people as well. And um, in the book, Outwitting the Devil, which I released in 2011, which was a book that Napoleon Hill wrote back in 1938 that was Mm -hmm. hidden away for 73 years, there's a concept Mm -hmm. of drifting. And drifting means that you're not using your brain. You're kind of going along with the crowd. You're going with the flow. You're whatever. Somebody asks you where you want to go to dinner, wherever, I don't care. you know. And that's, you're giving up the power of choice. You're giving up the ability to drive your life in a direction you want to. So you become a reactive individual, right? When mm-hmm. you become the CEO of your life, when you are in control and a non-drifter, right? You are in control of your brain. You are the CEO of your life. You're being proactive about what you want in life, And if I can do anything on earth, I want more people to take control of their futures, take control of their financial Mm -hmm. lives, take control of what they're doing and be proactive and become the CEO of their lives.
0: Yeah, gosh. Um, There's just so many things that, you know, that you have shared so far that I know that our listeners are, they're just going to really appreciate this because your your authenticity or excuse me authenticity, excuse me, authenticity. And we'll, we'll edit that. Um, Your authenticity.
1: I have to enter. I have to to tell you, because the fact that you stumbled over the word, I'm just going to add a little value and a little humor to this. Okay. Um, The age that I am, you know, we grew up in a time where you just had to be perfect and on stage, you know, you know, you can't being vulnerable was like a no, no for many, many years and about (laughs) six or seven years ago. um, Actually, which your audience may or may not know eight years ago, I lost my youngest son yeah. and I don't I wish that on anyone. And it really put me into a tailspin as you can probably so understand. I'm sorry to hear that. And I lived sure. in a period of numbness and almost decided to retire. And mm. when I came back and decided not to retire, cause I got pushed back from family and friends and I sure. shared my son oh, was gosh. saying, get over it, mom, there's more for you to do. Um, I launched the Play Big Movement, which is a private Facebook group, um, because I wanted to play big again like I had in Rich Dad and and the Talking Book. And I said, you know, Mm -hmm. I want to share with other people because everybody has the opportunity to play a bigger game. And Mm -hmm. it's it's by becoming the CEO of your own life. And it's through that power of association, Mm -hmm. finding the right people to leverage what you're doing in a much bigger way. And by doing mm-hmm. that, you are impacting more people because you're living your legacy. Absolutely. The, the essence of the Play Big Movement is to be number one in your field, live your legacy. It's every heart you touch every day
0: mm-hmm. and
1: creating maximum impact. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the, the group that I have on Facebook because I really want to encourage other people to reach for the next level. Find that Mm. next mentor that can open doors for you. Because if you're going to work hard, let's have a larger impact. Yes. Every one of us Mm. has had, particularly this year, have had things that stopped us in our tracks. Could have been a death, a divorce. It could have been a financial setback. It could be an illness. But we're still here. And you are still here for a reason. And what you've Mm. been through can be a gift to other people going through it right now. And that's when I decided to get back on track. I had an agent out of New York and they said, Sharon, you just need to be more vulnerable. Well, I couldn't even say the word. I said, vulnerable, what? You know, it truly was. It was hysterical Aww. because it's like, okay. And for, I couldn't talk about it on stage for quite a while. And then when I finally I had an interview at a very large speaking gig. At an interview, and the interviewer instead of saying, What was the worst business mistake that you made? or Worst thing has ever happened in business? Yeah. they asked me, What was the worst thing that's ever happened to you? There's only one answer to that in my life, and so mm-hmm. that was the first time I actually shared from stage that I had lost Gosh. my son.
0: That must and have been so difficult, you know.
1: It was, it was, and it was about 50 I couldn't even
0: people. imagine. Yeah. And
1: afterwards, I was in the lobby and I was inundated in a positive way by people just pouring out their hearts and people who had lost their children. And it really opened up the floodgates for me to understand why important it, why it is important to be authentic, why it is important to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I spent my life training myself to be as perfect as possible. So, you know, trying to free up and, and show the rough edges a little bit makes life a whole lot easier when you can be authentic.
0: Uh, yes. And and thank you for pointing that out because that's, you know, that's something I think too, that uh, I'm working on personally, you know, if I'm uh, you know, talking with someone or, or, you know, just trying to really communicate it, you know, you, you don't have to be perfect. I think, you know, there are so many ways that you can communicate and still, you know, have an engaging conversation or, you know, be up on stage and, you know, it's okay to, you know, to be vulnerable and to make mistakes and, oh, just acknowledge it, you know. Uh, but but that that's a good point, Sharon. Thank you so much. And, you know, the one video that, uh, and I think it was last year that I watched it. and And I think that's where it just really touched me. And when you did talk about your son and, you know, I have an 18 year old son and I mean, that's a parent's worst nightmare. And, you know, not that I want to spend a lot of time on this, because I know you probably, you know, have shared this a lot. And and it's not a, you know, subject that's very easy to, to talk about, but it really had touched me. And I thought, I hope one day to meet you in person and, you know, here we are one-on-one, you know, on the podcast show on Speaker Central. And I really appreciate, you know, your, your input and the things that we shared today. Um, I wanted to find out, you know, our topic today is assets are sexy. We're going to kind of change it up a little bit. And as far as, you know, the assets are sexy, let's talk about that. What, what do you mean by assets are sexy?
1: Well, financial independence comes from income producing assets, not from a paycheck. You know, it's not what you do for your paycheck that's important, it's what you do with your paycheck. So I have mm-hmm. no problem with people being employees. The issue is when you get paid, what are you doing with your paycheck? Are you throwing it away, spending it frivolously, or are you investing in your future? And um, from the moment I could talk. You know, I understood the power of assets. That's how, you know, I lived in that little house between my mom's business, beauty shop, my dad's yeah. business, you know, mm-hmm. and the rental properties. And so it, I just live and breathe it. And it wasn't until I was in my twenties that I realized that most people did, had no clue and no concept. And so it was about it. or four years ago, I started saying assets are sexy and it kind of caught on. So I've been using it a little bit more as a tagline because, (laughs) and then I say, the older you get, the sexier they become. Because the one (laughs) thing that um, every wealthy individual in the world has in common, no matter where they live and no matter what language they speak, is they're wealthy because they have assets that pay for their lifestyle. You're financially Mm -hmm. free when the income from your assets exceed your monthly expenses. That means you've created these economic engines called assets, whether Mm -hmm. it be a rental property, whether it be a business, investments, okay? Assets are businesses, whether you own the business or invest in the business, all right, it can be paper assets, stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. It can Mm -hmm. be intellectual property, what you know, writing a book, creating a program, all right, doing a mastermind all of those things create assets that generate revenue. Right. And that's yes. a way for you to build that business around your ability to speak about it. Mm-hmm. When we're talking about my three-legged stool, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have your product or service, your book, your, your program, your ability to communicate it, your ability to move an audience, but you still need the system, the engine around it that creates that economic engine that makes it a business not a job. A lot of business owners are actually, they own a job. They don't own a business. They have to put the systems in so that successful business they have can become scalable Mm -hmm. and then sustainable And eventually saleable, but you don't have to sell it, create it so that it's ready to create generational wealth for your future generations. And that's what the book Exit Rich is all about. Yes.
0: I wanted to talk about that, which is launching soon, but it's available now.
1: Yeah. We're kind of, this is kind of a sneak preview. We're making it because of COVID. (laughs) This is exciting. It has been, it's not, it's not going to be available for delivery Like in this form for a couple of months, but I'm making it available to you today by the pre-order, and and Shelley has the site exitrichbook.com forward slash buy. You'll get this immediately by electronic form. And then we will mail you the hard copy. And that's because I don't want to hold the information back. Right now, people need to save their businesses. They need to understand Mm -hmm. how to put that valuation and create it. They need to know how to take it and grow that business. Successful businesses solve a problem or serve a need. We have a few of those right now. And this is 70 years worth of experience of myself and my co-author about how we have built and sold and prospered from thousands of businesses. And I want everybody to have that information. It talks about the importance of, you know, the people in your organization, the, those power of association, the processes, the business. Mm
0: -hmm. Right. And and I'm so excited that, you know, we will make sure that we have it in the show notes and I know I'm going to be getting my copy and I wanted to share a quick story with you because it just, it, it, when you were talking about the book, uh, when I was in the banking industry, I used to, you know, and I was an executive, so I was working with businesses of all sizes. Um, and I loved what I did. However, I thought, you know what, I'm kind of capped out, you know, where I can only make so much per, you know, per month and bonuses or whatnot. And I had a client ask me one time, you know, Shelley, why don't you open up your own business? And I'm thinking, I would never own my own company. You know, now, mind you, this is back in the 90s. And I thought, you know, fast forward, when I started my company, I thought, oh, my gosh, now I know, you know that this is something that, like you were saying, Sharon, you know, you can create assets, whether it's programs or, you know, and I have diversified so much and I've, you know, connected with so many people. And now, you know, I've been able to help, you know, friends and and people that I know uh, to do the same thing. Yeah, you've yes, taken, the, you've taken the power of association. Yeah. I love it. You've taken the power of
1: association and created a system to mm-hmm. engage those associations and make it a win, win, win. So yeah. a, w- a win for your speakers, a win for the clients and a win for you. So that's the best of all worlds.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, and I have uh, just one other question that I wanted to ask you because I know we're running out of time, Um, but I would love to have you uh, kind of share with us. I know the the Play Big Movement uh, podcast show that you have, I've listened to several of your episodes and I'm not kidding you. It's like, I've got you on my, you know, in my ears and listening. And each and every time I'm taking notes, I'm, you know, writing so much down. And um, you talk about uh, positive self-talk. And can you kind of share a little bit about that? Because I know there were some great takeaways. Uh, and I think that, you know, we'll refer people back to the podcast too, but I'd love for you to kind of share with us about the the positive self-talk.
1: Well, thank you so much, Shelly. Yeah, it is... As I said, growing up as an accountant, right? Yeah. Uh, and a straight A student trying to be perfect, I kind of poo pooed the concept of personal development for the first part of my career. Oh. And then when I got out into the real world, it's like, wait a minute. You know, people aren't thinking right. People are, you know, they're just making bad decisions. They're having this talk that's telling them that they can't do something. Yeah. right? And, you know, it's not just money habits, it's money mindset that holds a lot of people back. And it's not just about money, but certainly that's my field. Think about the lottery winners or the the sports stars who make millions of dollars and they lose it and they're living under a bridge. They yeah. never change the oh, mindset and so much of it. And I read Think and Grow Rich when I was 19. I didn't realize the impact it would have on me until much mm-hmm. later. But when I understood how badly people have been educated about money Mm -hmm. and that so much of it is not so much what you do in your wallet, it's what you're doing up here Mm -hmm. And because we've never been trained. And so it's so important for people to say, all right, where is that coming from? You know, as kids, we're saying, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, pinch your pennies, save for a rainy day. We can't afford it. Every one of those statements is negative. So we grow up negative money, negative money, negative money. No wonder we're afraid of money. No wonder we're afraid we're never going to have enough. And then when we start becoming successful, we're afraid we're going to lose it because Mm. we've had that subconscious programming of negativity. And so I started immediately say, okay, we've got to f- change our mindset instead of saying we mm-hmm. can't afford it, which is negative. You want to kind of get out of that the covers
0: ne- yeah. and turn
1: off the light. Go, change your process, change your words. How can I afford it? Do you feel ah, the difference? Yes. How can I yeah. afford it? It opens your mind, it triggers that entrepreneurial spirit. And you know, when you do it to your kids, They can be so creative. They want something. They can come up with all kinds of ways to be able to afford that. And so our power of our words are so important. And the mindset, what you're allowing into your brain, what's in your Mm -hmm. environment, particularly this year, turn off the news. Oh my
0: gosh. Yes. Especially yesterday.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's coming into your subconscious. It's impacting you, whether you are consciously listening to it or not. Mm. And so, in fact, you and know, we haven't talked about it, but and this is not a sales pitch, but about six months ago, I was so frustrated with how much negativity and sadness there was in the world. I actually launched a daily tip. It's called day, Sharon's Daily ATM Deposit, Abundance yes. Tips and, and Mentorship.
0: And I, and I just signed says, up for that today, by the way. Oh, wonderful. I'm, <laughs> I'm so looking ready. forward to it thank no. you
1: Shelly and it's you know it's, it's two to it's like a 2 to 3 minute positive message some of them mm. are focused on money some of them are focused on vision on uh, you know on literally on life and i always end it the same way saying you are fabulous say it with me i am oh. fabulous yes you are yeah. because so many people have such negative messaging that has pulled them down and i want to lift people up for them to understand that they are in control of their own destiny. And I want to support them in finding the next best chapter of their
0: life. Yeah, no, I, I just love that. And and you also talked about um, attributes, you know, coming up with a list of attributes rather than, you know, talk about that negativity, you know, really look in, in, inside at those attributes.
1: Find what's positive and focus yeah. on every night when you go to bed, think of two or three things to be grateful from that day or in your life. Let that be your last thought so that you have positive thoughts before you go to bed. And in the morning, be thankful you have another day, be thankful Mm -hmm. that you're living and you're breathing and you have an opportunity to make a difference that day. And, when you go to bed at night, ask yourself if you've added value to someone's life.
0: Oh, that that is just wonderful information, Sharon. And and I'm so happy that you know that you shared with our audience today and with me. Um, I'm so inspired just by you know following you for five years, but really having this one-on-one conversation with you. It just really kind of hits home as far as you know the capabilities and the the empowerment that you provide for other people. And I really encourage our audience to check out Sharon's website, make sure that you connect with her, look at the books that she has available, especially, you know, the ones that she's going to be launched. Well, the one that is being launched um, now, like she had mentioned, you can get it now. Um, And then the hard copy when it actually comes out later. Um, Sharon, I really want to thank you for being on Speaker Central today. Um, it's been wonderful and, you know, thank you for just giving so much greatness to our audience.
1: It's been delightful, Shelly. Absolutely lovely. I'm so happy to get to know you and I want to just thank the audience for investing their time. Again, not spending their time, investing their time to be with us today. And I wish you the best. And I invite everybody to connect with me through my site, SharonLector.com or, I'm on the Instagram to LinkedIn, Facebook, and now clubhouse. So wherever oh,
0: clubhouse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> clubhouse. Yeah. We're going to add that to the list too. That's right. That's yeah, right. I know. Well, again, thanks Sharon. And we are, uh, as far as, the, the podcast show here, you know, we want to thank our audience for tuning in. Um, this will be available on all of your podcast, uh, favorites as far as your, your channels. And you can also view it on YouTube, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And, uh, until next time we'll catch you later. Thanks again, Sharon. Thank you so much. And thank Thank you you you. all
1: Mm -hmm. for listening. Thank
0: you. Hey there, did you enjoy the episode? If you did, subscribe to Speaker Central.